Welcome everyone to CDO's magazine series of one-on-one interviews with CDOs, data leaders, and key influencers. I'm your host, Robert Lutton, Vice President Sandal Consultants, and I'm coming to you today from Toronto, Canada, working with the CDO magazine. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Chris Stevens. Chris is a CDO, Chief Data Officer, in residence at Insight Partners and an adjunct faculty at the Carnegie Mellon University. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Robert. It's great to be here. By all means, from an AI perspective of, of how you might be able to uh, prepare an organization to ensure that their data is trustworthy, reliable, and accessible, because everyone wants that, right? But sometimes it's it's a, a little bit difficult. How would you sort of advise, if you don't mind me asking, sort of trading on maybe some of your knowledge, how would you advise an organization, especially from the AI perspective uh, on data observability? Yeah, so whether it's AI or not, but I'll, I'll, you know, we'll keep going on that thread. Sure. You've got some outcome that you're trying to drive naturally. So you're kind of design thinking your way into the problem, like working backwards from the problem we're solving. So you've got some AI implementation or use case that you've mapped out, right? Yep. So as you work backwards, first of all, now you're not starting at observing all your data, right? I'm going to observe the data that serves this particular use case, right? So right. Yeah. We're going to acknowledge that we're starting there. What's interesting, I think, about the data observability space and category is to me, and you know, I, like I said, I've been at this quite a while. It's one of these things that when someone starts talking about it and uh, this category is sort of created, if you will, in the last handful of years, for me, anyways, I was like, oh my God, how have we not been, how is that a category that needed to be created in 2018, <laughs> whatever? Like, it, it seems so obvious we should have been checking the water in the pipes, not just checking the pipes. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so kudos to to those folks. And there's some other really interesting companies, you know, that are they're playing in that space. But you said it in the middle of you're asking the question about trust. And what I find as a data executive in a data team is that trust in your data in an organization is probably pretty low, unfortunately, right? <laughs> And so, and, and that goes to like, you know, I don't know how many of us have gotten a phone call at five in the morning from the CEO because right. he doesn't trust his daily sales report, right? right? And so, and that's, you know, if you go on analytics maturity scale, the daily sales report emailed to the CEO in his inbox is like a one on a scale of one to 10, right? Right. And so building that trust in your data, first, you got to build trust in yourself and your team, Right. But establishing that trust so that you can even begin to conceive of automating machine learning response and decisioning, i.e. AI, right, for your business. Like, right. There certainly are all kinds of nightmare examples that we can come up with that are catastrophic. Let's set those aside. And just imagine that you've got a, a brand that creates just an embarrassing experience or a, a, like an AI part of your customer experience that creates an embarrassing experience for your brand. Like that thing that was yes. in the New York Times and the guy was chatting and it was just kind of funny, but yeah, silly, yeah, maybe yeah, scary, yeah. right? Yeah, scary. But yeah. imagine that's your your brand, right? Yeah. That could be incredibly damaging reputationally, right? So in order to get there, there's a million steps to get there, but I think the very first one and probably the biggest is where observability comes in and establishing the trust. Because right. 
like I said, people don't already, they already have a little bit of distrust in your data just for BI reporting dashboards, basic stuff, right? Yeah. So then to build that into, don't worry about it, brand president, don't worry about it, head of supply chain or head of marketing or whatever. My AI machine is going to decide all the stuff for you. Don't worry about that. I got it, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't there a new uh, play in this? That, you know, instead of trust me, trust our AI? Yeah, you know, and, exactly. Uh, you know, and you're from Pittsburgh and I'm from Toronto. I, I want to see it like, you know. Exactly. You got to show it to me. Exactly. You got to show it to me, you know, even and, though you said it's a black box. And, and so the, the recommendation that I would make is beginning with, you know, finding the right observability platform, observability tech, however you want to go about right. that, right? Which, by the way, seems like seems like a buy thing, not a build thing. There's a better things to definitely, build. Definitely, definitely. Yes, yes, but, yes. As an aside. But anyways, and then if you can start off with, you know, there's you're like, you know, you go to the CEO, whatever, you're like, okay, I, I've come in, I've been here a little while, I've measured our baseline data quality. And I'm sorry to tell you that it's not great. And here's what it is, whatever that is, right? However you yep. measure, right? And then you just set some reasonable expectations and goals for whatever your cadence is, quarters, months, whatever, right? Yeah. And then you just begin showing progress against that. And so what you're doing is instead of having to take ownership of the historical lack of trust, all you're you're establishing that that was the case before, right? Right. And now I take ownership of the improvement. Right. right. And the reason I say that is, you know, imagine that you or I started a new job tomorrow, right? Or we're the chief right. data officer of some new place tomorrow. Yep. My experience tells me that that organization has had some probably moderately low level of trust in their data for all time, right? And when you started or I started or whoever else started in their job there, there's like this suspension of disbelief. Okay, great. Robert's here. He's going to fix this, right? <laughs> Yeah. And then six months or so go by and there's just so many things that are going on that it, it'll start to feel like maybe you didn't fix it, right? So instead, on day one, maybe not day one, but day 50 or day, somewhere, day there, 50, right? Yeah. Yep. You're establishing that, okay, I've measured our data quality and I can tell you that this is the, our error rate and this is how long it takes us to th fix things. And this is when, you know, we've got missings and, you know, you're just measuring all the things quality-wise in your data. And you establish that's the baseline. So whatever happened before, we're going to make better, right? Whatever happened before, your maybe historical lack of trust. You don't. You're not pinning that on me, right? You're not pinning that on my team now. Now my team and me, we're responsible for what happens next, right? And so if your baseline, just making up some quantifiable sure. scale, was like twenty out of a hundred, doesn't feel great. However you measure that, but right, right. Well, I promise I'll get it to 25 by the end of the quarter and 30 by the next quarter and 50 by the end of the year, whatever that means, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So now you all you own is that, the incrementality of it, not all the historical problems that ever existed before and every report that was ever wrong and every pipeline that ever broke. Like yeah, you don't own exactly. that anymore. You yeah, own making exactly. it better, right? Yeah. I, I like that. I think that that's a good, some sage advice for our CDOs that, perhaps are going into a new environment and don't take the uh, the blame for past sins because they're not your fault, but, you know, step up, measure and quantify and then uh, produce and, uh, you know, have your results there. So, uh, Chris, change in streams, another activity, and by the way, thank you for your thoughts on um, data observability, but change in streams, one of the areas that 
is is key throughout every organization is active metadata. Right? You can't, and, and that's actually really interesting to hear. Metadata is a term now. Does it, it is actually coming out? People know what metadata is. Uh, from your point of view, how would an organization, how would you see an organization make their metadata more actionable and useful? What would you suggest for them to be doing and looking at? Yeah, and again, there are there are um, interesting companies that are playing in this space. Right. I was not at the Gartner conference, which might even be going on today, but it was at least like yesterday. This week, before. yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think there were some interesting sessions <clears throat> on active metadata from some of the Gartner analysts. So if those things are publicly available, I would recommend you go look at those. Um, but what I think is interesting about it is that like you said, people are generally aware of what metadata is. Certainly, data professionals are keenly aware. Sure. Of metadata, yeah. Right? But, but what it seems to have, has happened, you know, for the last couple of generations of kind of data systems was metadata was like exhaust, right? right. And I mean, I remember ten years ago we would talk about data was the exhaust, right? You got this operational system and it does a thing that interacts with your customers or whatever. And the data that came off of it was the exhaust, yeah. right? And thankfully, we've all generally realized, no, there's a whole bunch of value in that data. Don't just treat it as exhaust, right? right. Let's manage it appropriately. Let's build programs and governance and guidelines around its use and all these things and get value from it, right? So that's what's been going on for quite some time now, right? But then there's kind of like this meta exhaust. I wish I could come up with a good car example, but <laughs> off the top of my head, it's not working, but... Okay. In somewhere there, like your data systems themselves or the systems where people interact, like the metadata is kind of the exhaust of that, right? So now I've got the data yep. itself, but without that context, the metadata of it, right? I, I'm or I'm losing some of the value of this data. What does this data mean? In what context does it operate? Those kinds of things. Where does it come from? Who created it? Who knows about it, right? Yep. And, you know, I, I historically those... Things have been somewhat disconnected, right? The, the the metadata about books when you and I were kids, maybe just me, but was in a on a card, right? Yep, a piece yep. of paper in yep. a big wooden drawer cabinet somewhere in the basement of the library. So if you wanted to know about books, you went to the card catalog, and that's where your metadata about books was, right? Right. And moving off the book analogy, but in an enterprise, that's obviously wholly insufficient like not even close to solving the problem of helping me understand my data, right? Right. So bringing those pieces closer together, that is, this is the data that is of value. And these are the things that that data means, i.e. the metadata around it. And then to me, calling it active, making it active metadata is being kind of present in the context in which that is created, right? So it's again, I think some of it's back to this distributed nature of work, right? right. Nobody knows more about the data from the claims operational system, the customer e-commerce platform, whatever, than those people. So have them think about, talk about, engage in the data about the data at the time that that is created. That that that's how I uh, think about. It. Yeah, and I think that you know you mentioned a couple of times there the context. The context is is critically important in the metadata that you're using. So you know I, I love that analogy. And on behalf of the CD Magazine, we would like to thank you for your time and insights. And we hope that we get a chance to have you come back and share your knowledge, uh, especially on the AI side of the house again in the future. 
I would love that. Yeah, thank you very much. This has been wonderful. Thanks for your time, Robert. You know, Natalie, thanks for 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 joining us, and uh, this has been great. Thank you. And for our listeners, please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. Thank you.